Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the David Furness story. We've spoken about the early years, the premiership and the family history in the game. The story continues. Fernsey, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're one in a very unique club that actually played for their country before playing for their state. Is that right? I was. Um, got selected after the 94 year to, to, to go on a kangaroo tour and it was... I think it was, uh, when I say it, it's a making of a player there to be able to go away with, like, you, you've only got to have a look, not only the players there from the Raiders, but from the other clubs. The experienced players were there uh, in all positions. So I was lucky enough to uh, to be selected on that tour. So it was, a, it was a great tour. It made me a better player. It made me... Uh, uh, understand the game more and obviously how professional you got to be to, to, to get to that level. So, um, and it wasn't until 96, uh, Andy, that uh, that I actually uh, first debuted or represented New South Wales. Let's rewind a little. The date was April 27, 2002. The venue, Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh. The event was the 101st staging of the Challenge Cup final. It was contested between old rivals Wigan and St Helens. The first thing that stands out, Dave, it wasn't at Wembley, as is tradition. Well, if you, if you remember, that it was when uh, Wembley was getting torn down and rebuilt. So there was certain, obviously, the grand final in the Super League, uh, Old Trafford. So they actually, each year, they'd change it. So that year it was Murrayfield, but that had a lot of history. Oh, yeah. So it had a, a capacity of 90,000 and it was full. Um, as you mentioned before, the rivalry over there... It's like your, let's uh, say your Wigan St Helens. It's like your um, your Manly versus West in the days. You know that the, the rivalry is huge. So tremendous occasion and and what an atmosphere to play in. You'd played in some huge games and some sellouts in Australia. Was this next level? Was this just something different because of the the fans, the interaction, the singing, the chanting, etc.? I think along along with uh, we've always. We've always heard about it, or, or actually watched the games. The Challenge Cup is a yeah. is a, a prestige um, uh, tournament or cup, or cup to, uh, to to be involved in, and, and it goes back for so many years. Mm. So tradition was one. The atmosphere itself, um, we probably haven't grasped it yet, but we're not very good singers, yes. you know. So the atmosphere over there, and and the and the the passion and the English supporters, it makes for. 
uh, memorable. Um, that, that's easy to say, but it was just a, uh, an electric uh, would be the word to, to go out on that stadium and play. A host of Australasians in the game. Your teammates at Wigan included Brett Dallas, Jamie Ainsco, Julian O'Neill, Adrian Lamb, Craig Smith. For the Saints, Darren Albert, Darren Britt, Peter Shields, Sean Hoppy, and big bustling Barry Ward. Gee, there's some quality there, mate, and that's not even including the Radlinskis, the Carnies, the Farrells, etc. Well, it was. Um, that attraction for players to go over to, to go over and play w- was because of those types of games. If uh, um, the games, the atmosphere, if you... I can remember, Andy, that, um, you know, in 94, I toured uh, England. It was the first time I was at England there yeah. well, with the Australian side. And it was just something for me. I just thought, um, I just thought I'd love to, I'd love to go over and play for a club. Now, my father's been, you know, been over there in an 86 kangaroo tour. He's been over a couple of times. I can remember this, Andy, that he, uh, the 86 tour, he come back with a, a jersey. Yeah. Uh, to, to uh, obviously bought it over there at, uh, at a fan shop. It was actually a Wigan jersey. Wow. So uh, I, it, my, that was in 86. My father bought that home. I, the, the prestige of Wigan at the time, they'd won a lot of premiership, uh, premierships. They'd yeah. won a lot of trophies. It just had that stigma about it. And, and just to have that jersey, I, I, I ended up sort of playing in that Challenge Cup. But I, I loved it. I, uh, it was an honour too. It was an honour to play. Uh, in the competition over there, and it was an honour to play for for um, for the uh, Wigan Warriors. What are your fondest recollections of the game itself? Uh, it was close. Uh, yeah. What I do remember is our fullback Chris Radlinski had an infection. He got out of the uh, hospital bed on the day. Wow! To uh, to saddle up for the team, so it was a, a really big effort. So he was on the IV, he was on the drip, and and getting everything in there. He came out on the day to play, and he got man of the match. Yeah. So, and it is, as you said, the rivalry between St. Helens and Wigan was huge. The atmosphere afterwards, um, going back to Wigan, uh, the, the town, open top, bu- uh, open top bus and those, that's what I remember about it. And and I think uh, I think my time in, in, in Australia playing for Canberra, I, I just absolutely loved, but I was just also after um, to play in those sort of games, to yeah. to tick off that I've you know been involved, and to win one is 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 a bonus. We're getting old, buddy. That was nineteen years ago. Do you reflect on such achievements and the fact not many Aussies have actually been able to conquer the cup, let alone NRL and the Challenge Cup? You've you've claimed one of each. Yeah, it was lucky, uh, Andy. Uh, I, I, I suppose as a player, I was always looking to. Challenged myself in different ways. Um, I, my time in England, I had four seasons there. Obviously, finished with Leeds, but I, I won one, lost one in a Challenge Cup, and I uh, lost one, won one in a Super League Grand Final. So, for me, when uh, to retire, I I look back at at those sort of achievements. They are team achievements, um, but they are something that I am very proud of that I was involved in. At the time in the UK, you were about 31. You'd played nine seasons of NRL. Was there a feeling that you maybe left Australia a year or two too early, in hindsight? I think it was the right time, Andy. I'm okay. Very proud of, you know, I played, uh, t- well, it was 10 seasons there at the Canberra. And it was just a funny, uh, just for me, it was, and probably people wouldn't have noticed it, but just coming out of the tunnel there, just 
there's probably five percent there. I was just looking for another challenge. Yep. Um, well, we're in a situation there. I think Canberra at the time there offered me one year. I made the decision there to go overseas. We had at the time my my kids were four and eight. It's a bit of an adventure for my wife and I, Kelly, yeah. uh, and and the kids. And I and I I say this to players: if you if you have a a hunger to go over and play over there, you got to do it because yep. it because the uh, the experience you have. So those four years were great, a great four years there for for myself and the family, and just to be playing the footy over there. I was very happy at my decision at the time. I never regretted. Uh, I was very happy and and, and honoured to, to to play ten years of the Raiders, but I never regretted that decision to go over there. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Coaching. That's probably an entire interview and an entire podcast for another day. Currently with the Bulldogs, do you find it addictive, mate? Because a lot of coaches do. I think you have to. I think it's it's not a job. I I, I don't say it's not a job there that you you do for the money. Mm. It's got to be it's got to be before that. It's like it's like playing rugby league. You you uh, you, you did it as a young kid because you loved it. Um, coaching, I find that you can't play anymore, that it, 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 challenged you, it, it challenged you in a way without the uh, bumps and bruises. So for me, I, I love coaching. Uh, I think the players that I've been involved with as a coach, I think they keep you younger. Uh, the challenges have been certainly, you know, every coach's career, That's uh, it's been challenging so far. So it's, it's actually my 16th year of coaching. And... Um, I still love it. I still get up very early every morning and I still love uh, analysing the game and probably just that interaction with the players. So although uh, it's, it's very challenging and, and it's demanding, um, I couldn't think of another another sort of job for me that, uh, that would give me the same satisfaction at this stage, Andy. <laughs> I might find something later on, mate, but not at this stage. <laughs> You're on the coaching staff for the famous, the very famous North Queensland versus Brisbane Grand Final. What do you remember of it? Oh, and it was what well, was a, what they call the local derby in Queensland. Yeah. It was Brisbane, you know, the Broncos versus the Cowboys. If you can remember during the season, there was there was always there's probably a, a, a point or two points in between it, and that uh, two great sides uh, they. They actually went through the semi-finals and, and very, you know, played some very good games. So we were set for a, a big grand final. The North Queensland Cowboys uh, had been in the grand final. Obviously, Brisbane had won plenty, 
this is a team there that um, you know hadn't. This was this is embarking on their first ever premiership win. So it was a huge game, huge crowd. Um, obviously, the result at the end and how it finished. But wow, what what a game! As an assistant coach, you weren't in the box. You were on the bench with the headphones on. Uh, are the ears still ringing? Because it was eighty three minutes of pure madness. Oh, it was, and it was. You know, it was different different parts of the game there that uh, you know, like it, it, in particular at the end. If you if you if you remember the game, you know, Brisbane started pretty strong. They yeah. got a couple of tries, um, broke us pretty early. We sort of fought our way back, and then it sort of led its way to that 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 end result there to get uh, Kyle Felt to score in the corner. Now, if you can remember, you know, like something like and this is when you're talking about you know on edge. You know, JT had been knocked over all game. Yeah. And uh, if you can remember just before that, JT still had a ball. He, he pirouetted. He went back. He went to the other side, passed it to Morgan. Morgan then sort of held it up, then got to Kyle Felt and scored in the corner. Well, he's got to kick the goal. Yeah. You know, like he's got to kick the goal to win. So there was a lot of moments in that game that uh, was uh, just so exciting to be a part of. Tackle five. This is the last. It's bounced away to Thurston. Comes up Blair, got rid of Blair, pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20, comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball and Felt, Felt has scored. Felt has scored in the corner. Look at the box. It's a try. Well, if you don't believe in fairy tales, we might see the giant fairy tale of all time here right now. With Thurston, a kick from the sideline to win a premiership for the Cowboy. Can he do it? It looks to me as oh, it's taken the steel work. What else can this grand final provide? Wow. The most dramatic grand final that I can remember. So, from right to left, the Cowboy. Oh! oh. Oh, Hunter's no. knocked on. <sighs> the first grand final golden point. Thurston to choose from with Coote. He hits it. He's yes! got it. He's got the field goal. He's got the premiership. He has gone from a captain to a legend and probably rugby league immortality. Here's one you may not know. We did an interview with Kevy Walters for the Legends series, and he was in the opposing coach's box on that night, and he tells the story of Jonathan Thurston lining up to take that kick and that little pest, Alan Langer. <laughs> I know who you're going to say. In, he, in his jockey's voice, walking past JT, thousand bucks, you miss it, Johnny, thousand bucks, you miss it. <laughs> As it turned out, he, uh, he hit the uprights and we went into golden point. Overtime. Is there much communication from the coach's box down to you or is it just dead silent? Oh, there was a lot going on at the time. And, and talking about that moment there, I remember sending our guy with the blue shirt to go get Alfie out of the way. I remember. Is that right? I, oh, yeah, I could see Alfie around there. And Alfie being Alfie. Yeah. That would be a, a typical uh, – <laughs> that, that would be Alfie uh, typically trying to harass someone. So. Yep. I remember sending our blue shirt down there and said, mate, get him out of the way, you yeah. know, like he's he's got a kick to come. But 
Um, it does. At that, at that moment, you've got interchanges, how many you got. We're changing over. And I think, too, the, um, I remember you know, like, I remember John A sort of coming over, like, to, wanted to know, you know, do we kick off a receive? I just threw out there, kick off. <laughs> no, I, I was at the thing, and I think, well, Greeny tells me he, he would have said the same thing, but it was just at that time he, he yep. wanted a response. I was always of the belief I'd rather kick off, yep. you know, I'd rather kick off and, and get into them early there, those couple of sets, and, and try and take field position. Little did I know that uh, what happened after that. The kick off, the drop ball. Is there panic or is there calm from the Cowboys? Coaching staff at this stage. I think. Uh, I think it was at that time. There, it was just up to the players. It was yep. up to Jono how they set it up. Uh, how Jimmy Tarmel that, that doesn't. Sometimes you you lose the sight of how quick he played the ball for yep. Jono to get that kick away. And um and and obviously JT had been in that position before during the year, and he just oh it was just amazing there that, that how he how he got it over so. You know, people is, you know, I think even when just before we got to extra time, people around the bench thought we'd lost. You know, there was a little bit of that. So there's a lot of all emotions that go through it. But in the end, obviously, um, obviously, John O uh, nailed that that field goal. The record before that rotten bastard Cameron Smith came along anyway, you were the highest point scoring forward in the history of the game. That is an outstanding achievement with history as the gauge here, almost 100 years of football. And you're sitting on top of of that ladder. You're proud of that. Yeah, I, I, I am, uh, Mandy. I, I look at you. Don't think about those things when you play. You yep. think about just making first grade. You think about staying in first grade, and then when you get some opportunities there to have you know playing representative games and representative teams. I think you you sort of mainly look back when you've actually retired. Yep. But I'll just tell you on that. Um, the thing that made it special that. I think it was about forty years that um, the person that, that, that I uh, that I had taken over on that point scoring was a, was a person uh, by the name of Bernie Purcell. Yes. The special thing about that was he toured with my father in nineteen fifty six. That so is very cool. It was special. He actually uh, he come down from Sydney to present the ball, and it was a. I've always loved the history of the game, and that yeah. was a special moment for me. So. Yes, it was great to, to to be you know to achieve that, but just the fact that 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 Bernie played with um, my father, yeah. he, he come and he, he come and presented me the uh, the game ball when I broke the record. They're the memories there that that, that are special to me. Two hundred games for your beloved Canberra Raiders. How proud are you now that you can look back and say I'm a one club man? Because not many can. Uh, very. I. Obviously, the family's been involved. You know, Dad was the, the inaugural coach here in '82. I even go back to uh, being ball boy. Um, also, when I got a bit older, obviously, I was, when I got when I got to about 15, I was too old to be ball boy. So, <laughs> so I actually used to do, and it was uh, mate back then. It was about twenty twenty dollars a game. I used to do the stats for, and I'm pretty sure it was a Telegraph. So I'd sit up in the stand there and count. I'd do the stats for the yeah. for the team. Now, you know, like it was a funny time too because when you used to go back in, the players would look at their stats on the Monday. When they when, when I'd run into them again, they'd be saying, "Mate, I made more tackles than that. I didn't miss those tackles." And I was fifteen. And I was thinking, "How? You know, what about this?" But I've had an association with a club there that I'm still proud that um, I was able to one 
play play uh, 200 games and also coach. So uh, very special, Andy. A second-generation football family and few have been better. You played with honesty, integrity and commitment and those same values shine through off the field in your demeanour and dealing with others. Dad'd be proud. David Ferner, you, sir, are a legend. We hope you enjoyed the David Ferner story. Before you go, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening to to ensure that you don't miss a thing. And we'd love a five-star rating and review too as we look to expand the unfiltered brand. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.